Hour number two at MGM tonight, the at-home edition. Rob Brown, Ryan Horvath, Tristan Nick with the week off. They'll be back next week just sitting back watching some baseball at home. And, Rob, good things for you, good things for me is uh, Tampa with a 3-1 to lead right now. Top of the fifth over the Marlins, who have been in free fall since the All-Star break. And then Pete Alonso just homer. So your Mets, yes, your Mets. You're a Mets guy now. Uh, 4-0 over the Yankees. Also the Guardians with a 1-0 lead early over the uh, Kansas City Royals. Actually, that game in the top of the fifth right now. Time to talk a little bit of everything, though, with our guy, Dan Karpik. Follow him on Twitter, Daniel Karpik, BetQL's managing editor. Give them a follow as well. The BetQL app always putting out great stuff, and we're going to talk a little bit about everything here. The new BetQL magazine we got to get to. But I want to start, actually, Dan, because I do know that you're a Boston guy, a Boston Celtics fan. Uh, Jalen Brown does agree to sign the richest deal in NBA history. When you think richest deal in NBA history, at least for now, you're going to think Jalen Brown. Five years, $304 million, a Supermax contract extension. Uh, Man, I know you're a Celtics fan. I've been a Celtics better the last three years. How do you feel about this deal? Jalen Brown, not the best ball handler, especially when he goes to his left, but a really good player. Do you think he's worth that kind of money? Yeah, lots of really fantastic jokes on Twitter today, I have to say, about not being able to dribble, not being able to go left. Um, But I do think that this was a move Brad Stevens had to make just based on the landscape of the NBA and where things are now. And if you go back a couple seasons, and really since both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum started playing together, the question was always, can these two guys coexist? Can these, you know, their playing styles? And, you know, over the last couple of years, we've seen it work. They made the NBA Finals. They made Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. And this is really Brad Stevens with a resounding yes answer to that question, responding and kind of, uh, you know, solidifying these two guys as the face of the franchise moving forward. Um, When you look at this team and where they are now, obviously getting rid of Marcus Smart, bringing in Kristaps Porzingis, which was a move that I thought was absolutely fantastic. It gives him another look. You know, Porzingis is one of these rare dudes who's like 7'4", can shoot from the outside, can play some, you know, I don't want to say he could play some defense because he's like, you know, rail thin, but, uh, you know, he, he can uh, he can block shots. He can, he can do various things on that end of the court as well. But when you look at these starters here, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Porzingis, and Al Horford in the starting five. Then you got the bench, Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, um, and then Peyton Pritchard. From there, it gets a little scary. Um, we got guys like Sam Hauser, O'Shea Brissett, Jordan Walsh, who I'm pretty high on, but I don't know what he's going to do as a rookie. J.D. Davison, Justin Champagny, Luke Cornett, my guy Luke Cornett, um, it, it coming in at, at the 14th guy on the roster most likely here. But is that team good enough that Brad Stevens seemingly thinks so here? This team is signed not only for this upcoming season, but throughout the next upcoming season as well. So it really seems like that championship window is right there because once 2025, 2026 rolls around, they're already going to be projected 71 million over the cap with just Brown, Porzingis, and Tatum's new contract along with Robert Williams as the only guys signed uh, on that roster. So it's gonna, it, it could potentially get real scary for Celtics fans after these next two years. Dan, I know this is kind of a, uh, in the same topic, but a bit of a left-hand turn. I was thinking back earlier to 2016 when Mike Conley 
signed the richest contract in NBA history for five years at $153 million. And now he would be like the sixth highest paid guy on that contract. But to me, it just kind of felt like you had two options, which was you sign him to the Supermax extension or you let him walk. And I don't know what you are going to get back with that money. So as, as wild as it is to sit here and laugh at this contract, four years from now, we're going to look at this and go, oh, it's just another contract. And it didn't really feel like the Celtics had a choice if they believe, like you said, if Brad Stevens believed that these two guys are the two guys that are going to get Boston back in the finals. Oh, 100%. 100%. And, you know, with that being said, going back to, to what I was talking about in terms of that championship window, this is going to be a gigantic failure if they don't win next year or the year after. Um, I do have to point that out. Obviously, the Celtics are one of these proud franchises. You know, we always talk about Banner 18 and, and you know, the rich history, obviously. But, like, with KG, like KG, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, uh, you know, that was the last time. I'm getting a little sick as a fan here of, uh, of, of Celtics fans acting like all we do is win every single year. We, want it, we need to see uh, another one of those banners come down sometime soon. And I, it has to be one of these next two years. Again, I'm trying to speak this into existence. We're talking right now with Daniel Karpik, Beck UL's managing editor. And I want to talk about some of the models and some of the simulations for the NFL season. I'm really excited for the NFL season, obviously. Uh, football season's almost here, Dan. And uh, before we came on the year, actually, you were saying that there was an interesting simulation involving the rushing yards leader. So I actually wanted to start there. Uh, I have a lot of money invested in the receiving yards leader with Garrett Wilson going into the season. Let's talk a little rushing Ooh. yards leader and uh, what Beck UL has predicted for the season. Yeah, so uh, also, I, I like that call, by the way. I'm, I'm going to look into that right after this. But oh, yeah. uh, BetMGM sends us some awesome insights every single day here behind the scenes. And they sent over some betting data for um, the NFL rushing yards leader this year that was really, really interesting. First off, sharp bettors are really, really high on Najee Harris. He's plus 1,800 to lead the league in rushing. I, I, I see that look there. And I had the same look, which is I, I did a triple take at the screen. It was like 42% of the handle is on Najee Harris. He averaged 3.8 yards per carry. There were murmurs all of last season, like rooting for Jalen Warren to come in and play for him. I don't know. He did rush for 1,034 yards. But Sharps are showing a huge amount of confidence here. Only 9% of the tickets on him, but again, 42% of the money, which is nuts. Yes, the Steelers rebuilt the left side of their offensive line, and Kenny Pickett, yes, he could probably benefit from having another year in the league, but this seems like a wild, wild swing here um, by some of the Sharp betters. So uh, we, just to, to be clear, we also we simulated every game of this uh, upcoming season 10,000 times and we're projecting Harris to rush for 981 yards so that's a little bit of a difference uh, I don't think he's going to lead the league in rushing with that projection so that was pretty wild to see uh, secondly here I wanted to point out Nick Chubb getting a huge percentage of the tickets 20.5 percent of the tickets are backing him he's the BetQL model pick as well we're projecting him to lead the league obviously with without Kareem Hunt now you have Jerome Ford, uh, Demetric Felton uh, spelling him. Uh, Chubb had 302 carries last season, even with Hunt there. And uh, he's going to, he's one of these few bell cow backs uh, that's going to, you know, he rushed for 1,525 yards last season as well. One of the most consistent guys we could look to. But the pick that I needed to share here 
is Miles Sanders at plus 2,500. Our model is projecting him to finish just five yards behind, behind Nick Chubb. Just five yards behind him in second place. And which is pretty crazy. So obviously he's on the Panthers. He moved on to a new team here. Um, a lot of upside in our model. You have to think about Bryce Young being the rookie quarterback, obviously. Yes, he has some weapons in the passing game, but this is really an opportunity for Sanders to prove that he could be that true workhorse RB1. And our model's predicting him, again, five yards behind Nick Chubb in second place this year. I, what do you guys think about that? That that took me by surprise too. So really quick, and Rob, I know you could kind of like dive into this as well, you know, talking Panthers, but I mean, the price I do like, and let's talk about it like this. Like who would have saw that season coming from Josh Jacobs, especially when you consider the fact like he played in the Hall of Fame game. We're like, man, the Raiders are probably going to cut Josh Jacobs. I like the fit in that offense. Even when the Panthers traded Christian McCaffrey, what was weird is actually the rushing offense. Uh, was didn't really have that much of a drop off. So with a young quarterback, I don't hate that, and and I don't hate the number. What about you, Rob? No, I actually really really like it. Uh, it's I mean it's solely like we said with Saquon earlier, and I want to get to him in a second too. It's it's the injury thing because he's gonna get used. Hey, look, Chuba Hubbard is there, and I think Chuba Hubbard is a fine RB two backup. They've also got Rashad Blackman there who is going to be used more as like a diversion screen catching running back, I think, in Frank Reich's offense. So there, there are other options out of the backfield for Carolina, but they didn't, they didn't pay Miles Sanders and bring him down to sit him down and play. So I think you pair him up with a rookie quarterback who's going to take some time to get going, especially considering Carolina faces a couple of really good defensive lines, including New Orleans on a Monday night primetime game in week two. That makes it really interesting but I, I wanted to ask you, Dan, about how do, if you, can you figure incentives for running backs, whether it's Miles Sanders proving he's the number one. I know that's you know intangible. You got Saquon Barkley, who has got almost a million dollars worth of incentives for hitting cer certain numbers, plus the desire to prove that he's worth more than that. Do you guys kind of take into consideration when you're looking at these numbers when guys have millions of dollars worth of you got to get to 1300 yards on the season to accomplish that oh one i mean the model the model doesn't but personally speaking as we're talking about um you know what numbers fit where and everything um week to week that that definitely factors in to our analysis of, of the, that my team and i put out for sure we've seen later in the season it seems like the nfl more than other sports almost uh, kind of work together to get these guys that extra reception or those extra yards in week 16, week 17. Um, it, it just seems like that for whatever reason. But there are a lot of incentives that we're going to highlight actually um, early on in the year and pay attention to all season long because as, we're, as we get closer and closer to these numbers, that's definitely something we need to pay attention to 100%. Yeah, that's like where you have the model, but then like the good thing about, uh, you, you know, like because everything's going to be run by computers soon enough is that, you know, you do have to sometimes have the men, you know, the, you know, the humans go in there and kind of add their touch. Uh, Dan, before I forget, I want to talk a little bit about the BetQL magazine and, uh, you know, I know that's going to come out. You guys are doing some really good work right now. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. I'm excited for this. Oh, yes. Yeah. So every team in the league is going to have 
a special game page in our BetQL magazine, which is going to go out in the first week of the NFL preseason for all BetQL subscribers. So all you need to do to get access to this thing is sign up for a BetQL premium account. Uh, we're going to have some really competitive pricing. So, you know, you could definitely get in at a really affordable price and you're going to get this almost 90 page uh, access to this almost 90 page magazine that my team and I put together. We're going to have projection win percentages for every single game this season for every team on their schedule. We're going to break it down for you in terms of additions, subtractions, draft picks, and we're going to have feature stories for every team as well uh, that you're not going to see anywhere else. So we take some really interesting angles, for example, with the Arizona Cardinals, a team that you can't really be too excited about. I think uh, this could be a season that James Conner kind of flies under the radar a little bit, but his touchdown prop is six and a half. So I wrote about how going over that seems like a really strong possibility. He's had some amazing numbers under Colt McCoy when Colt McCoy's starting, and that's probably going to happen early in the season here or maybe throughout the entire season with Kyler Murray banged up. Um, so lots of little tidbits like that coming your way, but all you got to do to get access to this will probably all also sell it um, separately for those who just want access to the magazine as well. But uh, you just got to sign up for BetQL, and that's going to be part of the subscription coming up uh, in the preseason. Love it. We got about 60 seconds. Anything else uh, that you've played personally or anything else that the model likes, any sport, Major League Baseball, NFL, uh, NBA? Yeah, so you mentioned uh, the wide receiver, uh, the receiving yards market, right? So I, I, I'll give some of our projections here. So C.D. Lamb is actually at the top of the list. We're projecting 1,755 yards uh, for C.D. Lamb this season as uh, Dak Prescott's number one option, followed by Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey. Um, Justin Jefferson, who obviously put up insane numbers last year, is around 1,450. So a little bit of regression there uh, that we're projecting uh, for him. Justin Herbert, we're actually projecting uh, to lead the league in passing yards this season over Patrick Mahomes. That's, you know, I, I, the numbers are one thing. I don't think I could personally play that just because I'm never going to. This is going to be one of those situations just like Tom Brady where I'm just never going to fade Patrick Mahomes. I'm never going to, you know, anything that he's involved in, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes for me <laughs> um, until he proves me wrong. Um, but, but those are some pretty uh, other things. Also, the model is really low on the Bengals this season. Just want to throw that out there. Wow. Hey, Ryan, I mean, that guy I've... sounds like he knows what he's talking about with this Mahomes stuff. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> Dan, thanks so much, man. You're the man. We got to talk about some of those, uh, especially that CD Lamb bet, because that's 22 to 1. Thanks so much, Dan Carpick, Beck UL. We'll uh, take thanks, a quick break. We'll be back. Bet MGM tonight.